This is Ignite. Last week, you know, we started looking at the topic, Don't Limit God. Right? Uh, we, our anchor text was from Psalm 78, verse 41. It says, again and again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them continually. Continually, they turned back from him and provoked the only one of Israel. And we established that. You know, the scripture here is not saying that, you know, God limited God from doing something in the lives of the children of Israel, right? This was, you know, referring to the children of Israel. Um, you know, they themselves, they limited God, right? Um, and the introduction, we established that first, God is the almighty. God is not a mighty God, right? God is not, you know, one of the mighty gods. God is the almighty God. All power in heaven, on earth, belongs to God. God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful. No power, no entity, living or dead, is a match for the power of God. Um, that is the God that we serve. That God is our Father. God is the Almighty. Revelation 19.6 says, you know, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of the many waters, and as the sound of the mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. God is omnipotent. All power belongs to God. And look at Genesis 18, um, verse 14. It says, Is anything too, too, too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord? At the appointed time, when the season for our delivery comes, I will return to you and Sarah will have a son. You know, this is talking about you know, God, God visited Abraham and Sarah and told them they were going to have a son. But they looked at their situation, right? They were both well past the age of childbearing. In the natural, like, it was impossible. And Sarah laughed, right? You know, Sarah was like, you know, just, yeah, it's, it's don't, you know, get my hopes up. Like, I know it's not possible. Just, you know, say something else. And God asked her, is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? He says, at the appointed time, when the season for our delivery comes, I will return. So this is God saying, you know, regardless of the situation, regardless of what it looks like right now in your life, regardless of what the economy looks like, um, whatever it is you're trusting God for, nothing is too difficult for God. Um, it's the beginning of the year, right? This is just, um, you know, second week in February. So you've written down your goals. Nothing is too difficult. Here I say, nothing is too wonderful. So there's no goal, you know, if there's peradventure anything that maybe you wrote there before, you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is too much for this year. Go back and write it again because you're dealing with God. Nothing is too wonderful for God. But we said, nevertheless, God is all powerful, right? Nothing can stop the power of God. But as it pertains to the, 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 the outflowing of God's power in our own lives, right? We have the ability to limit what God wants to do in our lives. And the reason for that is, you know, God created you and I in his image. So he gave us free will. So God is not going to superimpose his will on anyone. So you have a choice, right? You have a choice either to be an active participant, you know, to see what God wants to do in your life come to pass, or you can choose also to opt out. So that is the way, you know, you and I can limit God. So God wants to do something great in our lives. He has said it this year. This is our year of showers of blessing. Right? This is our year of showers of blessing. This is my year of showers of blessing. Right? Again, you can choose to opt out, but this is my year of showers of blessing. 
right? And I have a choice. Either I align myself with that word, I believe it, I pray, I trust God, I put my faith in the word of God, or I do nothing, which is the same as opting out, right? Like, you know, it's not going to happen. I've tried this before. I've been there, done that, right? That is your choice. But you have to partake of that word to see it become view, right? And for the word to become flesh and move into your neighborhood to see the manifestation of God's word, we establish that you have a role to play. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we can dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. But it is according to the power that is at work in us, right? So it's according to your faith. It's according to the power that is at work. So yes, God is able to do, you know, super abundantly more above everything we can dare ask or think. Most times we stop there, but it is according to the power that works in us. So it is to the degree that we give that power of God expression in our lives that we will see. That's why our experiences with God, even though we are all Christians, our experiences with God are different, right? Um, you know, I gave an example where, you know, you, you see like a Christian giving a testimony about how, you know, God healed them completely of cancer. And someone is there like, you know, God, I can't even get God to heal me of, you know, my headache. But it's not God, right? It is to the degree of the power at work in us individually. So we gave, you know, we looked at two examples. Um, we looked at the exa example of the children of Israel where, you know, God asked them to go and scope out the land that he was giving to them. It was a done deal. Um, he just asked them to go and look at it. And, you know, they came back with a bad report, right? Um, and as a result of that, they could not go into the land because they didn't believe they could. They had a poor self-image of themselves. Uh, and then we looked at um, the example of Jesus uh, of Nazareth where the Bible recorded that, you know, he could not do any miracles, right? 55 says, they said, is this not the carpenter's son? So they were familiar. They put God in a box. They put Jesus in a box. This is the carpenter's son. What does he have to offer, right? And, you know, the Bible recorded that, you know, they were offended at him. But Jesus says to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. Now, he did not do any mighty works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. So our unbelief can limit what God wants to do. Tell your neighbor, don't limit God. Now, we thought, how do we limit God? You know, the first one is traditions, right? You know, things that we just follow blindly. We just do it. There's no um, biblical um, reason why we do it, right? I gave an example of, you know, when we say, you know, God will do what God will do, right? That's not true. Um, so, you know, statements like that, that we have now come to build the foundations of our lives on, right? Um, and we're not seeing the results that we ought to see because we're just following the traditions blindly. I remember uh, my understanding for the longest time, you know, when I gave my life to Christ then is, you know, when you're praying to God, you're trusting God for something. When you pray, you know, God listens. But when you add fasting, it's like speed, uh, you have like a direct line to God, right? But that's not the reason why we fast, right? We fast so that, you know, our spirit man can gain ascendancy, right, so that we can receive light. Light can break forth in our lives. And, you know, God is actively watching over his word. I think it's Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 um, that says that. You know, God is not looking for, um, you know, how 
how, you know, how hard you pray or how strong you pray. You know, he's looking for his word. He's not emotional. God is not emotional. Yes, says the Lord said to me, God speaking to Jeremiah, says, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Be, um, show, give, give it to me in um, Amplified, please. Thank you. Says, yes, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. Right? God is actively watching over his word to fulfill it. Right? That's what God is looking for. God is not looking for you know, your tears. He's not looking for your frustrations. God is looking for the word. So you can fast from now till, you know, that kingdom come is just fasting for weight loss. Right? Without the word. Um, we look at Mark. Um, it says they made the word of God of no effect true their tradition, right? True tradition, uh, which is handed down and, you know, many such things you do. Number two, inadequate knowledge. Um, we established that, you know, if, you, if you're going through, you know, something in your life where you're not seeing the result that you desire, then it is not God. It would never fail from God's part. If God said it, he would do it. So what you need to do is equip yourself because you have inadequate knowledge. You don't have enough light in that area. In 1 Corinthians 8, it says, and if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows. No, if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. So all you and I know about God is not all there is to know. Right? So you will never get to a point where you say, you know, things like, oh, I've done everything. You know, I've, I've read my Bible. I've done everything there is to do. What you're saying, you're calling God a liar when, you, when we do that. Right? So we need to invest. We need to, to, to get into the word and study until we get light. Light, we said last week, is the revelation knowledge, right? When you get the revelation knowledge, when that word becomes real in your spirit, man, then you would have, you know, what is it that you are praying for? Like, when it becomes real to you, then you have faith for it. Um, quickly, um, you know, Isaiah 60, verse 1, you know, just, um, you know, buttresses that point. It says, arise and shine for your light has come, right? And when your light comes, it says, the Gentiles shall come to your light. And the kings, they are coming to the brightness of your rising. So, you and I need light. We need to invest. We need to spend time in the world. Um, number three, poor self-image, right? Poor self-image. You will never attempt anything beyond, you know, the level that you see yourself. The children of Israel said, you know, we were like grasshopper in our own, uh, in our own eyes, and, and that's the way we were in their eyes as well, right? So poor self-image limited them from entering into the promised land that God had already given to them. That will not be a portion in Jesus' name. You will not limit the power of God in your life. So we looked at how do we bring this supernatural power of God in our lives. The first one um, last week we looked at was we need to have a deeper knowledge of God. We need to have a deeper knowledge of God. And the Bible verse for that is Daniel 11.32, which says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, it shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So it is the degree to which you know your God. Right? That is, you know, it, that, that's the degree where, you know, you, you begin to command things. Things, you know, begin to happen in your life. Miracles begin to happen. The outflow of God's power can be so evident for everyone to see because of knowledge, right? 
those who know their God. It is, you know, the God that you know that will come through for you, right? Some people only know God as, you know, God is the inner, right? Um, the story of, uh, you know, when Jesus rose um, Lazarus from, 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 from the dead, uh, uh, Mary and Martha, they were like, if Jesus had come earlier, right, he wouldn't, he, their brother would not have died. Because they only understood, they've only seen the dimension of Jesus as the inner. They've never experienced the dimension of Jesus Christ as the one who can raise their brother from the dead. Right? So, it is the God that you know that will come true for you. So, whatever it is, what you need to do is sit down and do a, either a topical search of the Bible, right? You know, about, okay, I need to find a job, right? You know, and there are tools out there to help you. The first place to start from is knowing the will of God. And the will of God is the word of God, right? The will of God is in the word of God. So this week, we're going to pick up from there. Um, number two, how do we release the supernatural power of God in our lives? Understanding that God loves you daily and cares for you. Understanding that God loves you daily and cares for you. So, you know, this is February, yeah, right? We're in the month of you know, love, right, in quotes. Um, but God doesn't just love us. So God is not, you know, someone that just, just loves you and I. God is love. God cannot do anything, you know, but love you and I. Um, John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, Right? God actually demonstrated the greatest level of love towards you and towards me. And what is that? It says, to lay down one's life for his friends. That's exactly what Jesus did. He laid down his life for you and I. That is how much Jesus Christ loved us. Understanding the, power, you know, the love of God is so powerful, right? If you can understand and have a deep-seated revelation of how much God loves you, it will transform your life radically, right? And the devil knows this as well. And that's why, you know, the devil is always attacking us, you know, trying to make us lose consciousness of the love of God in our lives. God loves for you is not, you know, is not, again, as I said, God is not an emotional God. So his love for you is not, is, is not conditional. There is no condition attached to God's love for you. It doesn't love you because, you know, you come to church or because you've prayed this week or, you know, because, you know, you read your Bible. God loves you. Full stop. Right? Why you and I were yet sinners, there was no guarantee whatsoever that you were going to accept that love. But God loved you regardless. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world and he gave his son. He gave his son. God's love is unconditional. There is no condition attached to it. It's not dependent on your actions. It's not dependent on any merit. It's not dependent on you and I. Nothing you can do will change how much God loves you. God is not going to love you anymore or any less by your action. Either good or bad. I know, like, that's, you know, for, for, for some of us, like, that's, like, impossible to comprehend. But that is the love of God. There is nothing that you can actually, um, in, in, in our world, there is nothing you can compare God's love to. Because the system of the world doesn't, doesn't work like that. There was, there's always something in it, right? It's, it's always conditional. By the way, if you're a guy, better do the needful on Wednesday, right? 
Because you don't, don't say, you know, God's love is unconditional, right? You know, love as God loves. Um, so you don't end up eating breakfast. So let's, let's um, right? But God is not like that. God loves you unconditionally. There is no limit to God's love. There is no condition to it. He just loves you. God's love is unending. God's love is unending. When God loves, he doesn't stop loving, right? Um, John 13, 1 says, Now before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his hour had come and it was time for him to leave the world and return to the Father. Says, having greatly loved his own who were in the world. So sometimes you read this, I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, while we were yes sinners, God loved us, you know, um, having, you know, loved his own. So maybe it was a one-time thing. No, right? You know, the Bible here in Amplified Version makes it very, it is not a one-time thing. It says, he loved his own that were in the world. He loved them and continuously loves them with his perfect love. God's love towards you and I is perfect love. Again, as we said, it says, to the end, eternally. God's, God is never going to change his mind about how he feels about you. You are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved son. You are God's beloved daughter. Nobody, no devil in hell can change it. Nothing can separate you from that love of God that God has chosen to bestow on you. Right? Even in moments when you know that, you know, um, you know, you, you, you've not, you know, you, you, you feel like you failed, right? Or you're falling short of, you know, God's expectation. That does not change how God feels about you. Any voice you hear in your head to the contrary is from the devil. And what you should do is to plead the blood of Jesus against it. God cannot stop loving you. That is his nature, right? It is who God is. So the question you might ask is, okay, if, you know, God loves me so much, um, Romans 8, 38 tells us that, you know, for I am persuaded that neither death or life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, right? The summary is just nothing in your present circumstances or your circumstances to come, nothing you will do today or you will do tomorrow will change how God feels about you, right? So if that is the case, then why does the enemy just invest in, you know, bombarding us like with, you know, at times, with hardship, with hatred, with, you know, accusation, making us feel guilt, Right? Um, you know, why does he do that? If, you know, we know already that nothing can change God's love for us. Why does the devil do that? Right? Is it just, you know, is it just stupid? Is it just foolish? It has nothing else to do. Right? Um, we know for sure from the scripture, actually, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 tells us, you know, the devil is skillful in deceit. So the devil is not foolish. Right? It's not. It's, it's everything, but, you know, foolish is not one of them. Right? Why exactly is he doing it? He's doing it to attack your faith and my faith. Right? Remember Ephesians 3.20 that we read? It says, it is according to the power that works in us. So it is to the degree to which we have faith that we can see the manifestation of God's power. And the devil understands that as well. So that's why he's constantly attacking Everything that you want from God, you know, the house, the, the car, 
um, the blessings, like whatsoever it is you want here. I'm not talking about heaven. Everything you want to enjoy here, whatever it is you're praying for, your deep-seated desire, whatsoever that might be. I know it's different from ev- for everyone, right? It's different for me. What I want right now in this stage of my life is probably not what you want, right? So it's all different. But I want you to know this. Ephesians 1.3, NKJV. It says, Blessed be the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Everything you're trusting God for, God has already made it available for you in Christ. Jesus Christ died to make sure that those things, like you, that is your inheritance in Christ. So it's not something you're begging for. But the only issue here is, it says, if you read that, you know, it says, in heavenly places, right? You know, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. The blessings are in the spirit realm. But you and I need it here on earth. This is where we need it. I don't need a car in my spirit, right? I need it here. But for me to get it from the spirit realm where, you know, I have it, here, to here where I need it, it it requires faith. And the devil knows that. See, um, this morning uh, when I was leaving the house, my my notes um, for for today's message, I uploaded it um, to Google Drive, right? And, you know, I saw it, made sure it was there, and, you know, I left the house. When I came into church, picked up my tablet, opened it up, went to my Google Drive, it wasn't there. Right? When I didn't see it, I did not panic. Because I was sure that it was there. Like, you know, I, I, I'm sure it is there. So the first thing was, oh, what is the issue with the iPad? Not, oh, is it there? I know that it exists. I saw it. It is available. It is there. And I discovered that, you know, what was missing was I had not connected my iPad to internet, right? So it hadn't refreshed. So exactly the same way it is, right? You know, what is missing, that connectivity between what God has made available in your spirit, man, and what, you know, where you need it here right now is faith. And for you, for that to happen, you need to have faith in God. So... Hebrews 11, 2, you know, you know, confirms that it says, now faith is the substance, I'm going to start from one, right? We all know this um, scripture, the famous scripture about faith. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. The King James Version says, the elders obtained a good report. So how you obtain it from the realm of the spirit and you bring it into the realm of the natural here is by faith. So the question is, what is the correlation between your faith in God that will help you to bring God's blessing upon your life from the spiritual into the natural and love? Right? Um, you know, Jesus Christ says, you know, that Jesus Christ cares for us deeply. He says, what is the value of your soul to God? Right? This just, you know, God saying everything you have, you are more valuable to God than everything else in the world. Luke 12, 7, just skip to 7. It says, how then could he forget or abandon you? What about the seemingly minor issues of your life? Do they matter to God? Of course they do. So, you never need to worry for you are more valuable to God than anything else in the world. I just want to take a pause and just tell your neighbor, look them in the eye and say, I'm more valuable to God than anything else in the world. 
say it confidently, I am more vulnerable to God than anything else in the world. So everything you want is available, right? You are God's favorite child. We are all, this is scripture. Everything, everything you, you need, right? But what the devil is doing, really, as I said, you know, the connection between your faith and love, right? It says, faith works through love. So that's the art of it. That's what, you know, the devil is trying to just persuade you that God does not love you when he brings guilt. Galatians 5, 6 says, for if we are in Christ, Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. That is the only way our faith would work. It's true love. Because how can you trust a God that the devil has convinced you that is mad at you half of the time? Like every time you're just walking like, yeah, you know, any, any misstep, like God is just going to come and just whack you with a stick. Right? How, how, how can you, you know, be confident that that kind of a God is going to bless you? So that's what God does. Uh, that's what the devil does. Pardon me. Like, you know, when he brings, you know, he reminds you of those things that you've done in the past. Like, oh, you think, you know, God is going to answer your prayer. You that you just did this, you just did that. Right? What you need to do is plead the blood of Jesus. Because if you can get you to a place where, you know, unbelief can enter into your heart. And now you cannot believe God for what he has promised you because you're feeling shame, you're feeling guilt, you're feeling you're unworthy. Then you will not be able to approach God. And when that happens, it's not God limiting or stopping, it's not Satan, sorry, limiting or stopping God. It is you. It is you not opening your mouth. It is you not accepting and embracing God's love. It is you not going confidently to your father, right, to obtain what rightfully belongs to you. Tell your neighbor, don't limit God, right? So faith works through love. So it is very, very important that you are conscious of the love of God. I just want to read... Um, the, um, uh, 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 Romans, Romans 8, Romans 8, 38, if you have it in a um, message, right? Um, if, you're, if you're here and you're struggling with that, right, you, know, you just wake up, you feel depressed, you feel, you know, God doesn't love you, or you, you don't feel that sense, that consciousness of the love of God. Right, it says, yeah, let's start from, um, um, I'm telling you one, it says, so what do you think with God on our side like this? How can we lose you are not going to lose in this battle of life. Whatever it is you're going through, you cannot lose. Right? It, it, it is not possible with God on your side. God has not lost a battle he's been in. Yours will not be the first. Right? It says, if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for you and I, embracing our condition, he didn't say, go and get right. I, I, don't have, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Go and fix yourself and come back. He says, he embraced us in our condition. Right? He exposed himself to the worst by sending his own son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us. Who was raised to life for us. In, is in the presence of God at this very moment. Sticking up for us. 
Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Tell your neighbor, no way. No way. There's no trouble, no hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not booming threats, not backstabbing. Not even the worst sins listed in scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they ate you. We are sitting ducks. They pick us off by, one by one. Says none of this faces us because Jesus loves us. Says I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, I or no, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and the love of God because of the way Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Wow. Tell your neighbor, Jesus loves me. So we need to get to a place where in our private life, we settle it, nothing, absolutely nothing. If, you know, you find yourself, you know, where you've done something wrong, you've fallen short of God's standard, run back home. The solution is Christ. Go back to him. He is waiting. He loves you regardless. Right? He wants to fix it. He's not, he's, he's, he's not mad at you. God is not mad at you. Instead, he's saying, my son, my daughter, come home. Let's talk about it. Right? We can, we can fix it. God can make it good. God loves you. Number three, understand that the word of God never fails. Right? The word of God never fails. Um, and and that's, that's one of the major reasons why the devil does not want you to put your faith in God. Because if he can get to just discredit the person that spoke the word, then you don't believe the word, right? Like, you know, you know how will God bless me when, you know, I didn't pray throughout this week. Now they're asking me to pray in church and ask God to bless me. But I know God doesn't want to hear from me right now. And, and what we've done really is, you know, sometimes what we have done, we've reversed you know, the other. We've created this God that is in our own image. Right? So, let's say, um, I, uh, let's see, told him, right? I, I see him outside, coming into church, was trying to greet me, or I didn't see him or something, right? And he's like, oh, James, I was trying to greet you. You didn't say anything to me. I'm like, I'm sorry. And he says, oh, it's fine. But I, I, I don't believe that he has forgiven me, right? Um, by the way, Todu is not like that, right? You know, Todu is very, it doesn't have capacity to hate anybody, right? It's, a man like Todu is very rare, so. Um, but if I still believe that he has something against me, right? Like, you know, yeah, I, I don't think that's the end. I think it's just, it's just, it's just taking me out, right? Waiting for me to make one wrong move, right? And then, you know, it will strike. And somebody tells me, oh, I'm totally he's out there, like in the parking lot, he's giving out, like, I don't know, $50 gift cards to everybody. I, I, I wouldn't approach. Why? Because I believe that, you know, he's not even going to give me, right? So, because, you know, he's upset with me. That's what the devil is trying to do when he's bringing up guilt, right? When he's bringing up the things that you've done, but accusing you. is the accuser of the brethren, right? So what you need to do is to speak back, right? You know, take that scripture, you know, print it out if you need to. God loves you. God loves you, right? Um, and if God has said anything concerning you, be rest assured, God's word cannot fail. God's integrity is inched on his word. For God's word to fail in your life, it means, you know, God is no longer God. And you will not be the one to make that happen. 
right? Isaiah 34, 16 says, Search the book of the Lord and read, Not one of these shall fail, not one shall knock a mate. For my mouth has commanded it, right? God says, My mouth has commanded it, and his spirit has gathered them. So when God speaks, everything aligns. Right? God is supreme. He's the supreme creator over everything in the universe, in the world. So when God speaks, everything listens, everything aligns. Amplified Bible says, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. Isaiah 55, 11. It will not return to me void, useless without result. God's word concerning you this year would not return without result. Listen, God has declared that this is our year of showers of blessing. That God is going to give you favor. You will find favor with men. You will find favor with institution. This year, things that held you back in 2023 will not hold you back. That is God's word for you. God is saying here, those words will not return back to him without results. Without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So settle this, because this, this would help you to press into God this year, right? You know, we know that anything, like when, when, when you're trusting God and what you're trusting God for is not coming true, know that it is the devil. It is not God, right? Settling this in your mind, right? Equipping yourself with knowledge, understanding the love of God, and settling it in your heart that God's word would never fail will release the power of God in your life mightily this year in Jesus' name. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man. God is not a man that he should lie. God, God does not have the capacity in him to lie. Once he speaks, it is done. It says that he should repent. So God will not say something and say, oh, um, I did not factor in the economy. I didn't factor in the interest rate. So I said I was going to give you a house, but... Yeah, sorry, like we can't do that again. That's not God. God has unlimited resources. God, no constraint, right? He's God. He's the Almighty. It says, as he said it, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Listen, whatever it is God has promised you, I don't know, you know, if there's somebody here, right? I, I just keep remembering, like, if you've not, maybe you're here, February 11th today, you've not written down your goals because you're afraid, you know, um, that you, you, you won't achieve them. Or, you know, there's something that, you know, God impressed in your heart, you've not written it down, you're like, it's too wonderful. Like, you are dealing with God. Don't limit God. Don't limit God this year. Don't look at your present circumstance. Don't look, say, God, God knows God is the Alpha and the Omega, Right? Is the beginning, is the end. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the end from the beginning. Is everything in between. He knows everything about you before he gave you that word, right? So if he said it, he would do it. So don't limit God. Don't limit God. Uh, Joshua 21, 45, he says, Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. Everything God has promised you this year will come true in the mighty name of Jesus. 
you have to believe that. It needs to go beyond, you know what, you know, you just heard in church, right? You know, take these scriptures and meditate on them, settle it in your heart. God will not fail you this year. God will not fail you. God will come through for you, be it in your career, in your relationship. The Bible, the scripture will just says, no one, no one, none of them will lack their mates, right? You're trusting God for, for, for a meaningful relationship. You're trusting God to get married. The word of God is this year, none, none will lack their mates. It says, my mouth has said it and his spirit will go out and gather them. Wherever the person is, even if the person is not in church, you're looking at, oh, you know, I don't see anybody here and all that. God will bring a man, right, for you. He will bring a woman for you. You're looking at, oh yeah, you know, February 14, you know, like you don't, you're, you're, you're irritated because the couples, like, they, they, don't, they don't let you hear anything again, right? All they're just saying is, you know, you know, love, oh, Wednesday, I'm busy, I'm this, I'm this. Don't worry, before the end of this year, it might not be right now. Before the end of this year, God will come true for you in Jesus' name. It can be funny, right? But that is the word of God. That's the word of God. Let's go back to it. Right? Isaiah 34, 16. That's your word right there. It says, search from the book of the Lord and read it. Not one of these shall fail. This is God speaking. It says, not one. Not one shall lack a mate. For my mouth has commanded it, and his spirit has gathered them. So it is settled, right? I'm not, I like you, right? But this is not me wishing you well. This is God's word. Right? And God's word is settled. So, don't limit God, right? That's the summary. This year, don't limit God. I want you to press in this year like you have ne- pressed into God like you have never done before. In the place of prayer, in the place of reading the scripture, meditating on the word of God. You know, even if, you know, you, you, you've been doing those things, God wants, you know, to take you one level deeper. He wants to take you deeper in him this year. All right? So, leaning to God, God's word will not fail. God cannot fail you. God will not fail you. The Bible says, our fathers trusted in God. He did not fail them. He will not fail you. But remember, your responsibility is to make sure you don't limit God. Let's rise to our feet. So before we pray, um, let's just thank God um, for the word um, that we've read today. Let's thank the Holy Spirit for bringing this word you know, let's thank him, um, you know, for teaching us. Let's thank him. Let's thank him for light. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We magnify your name. Thank you for your word to us. Thank you for your word to me this afternoon. You know, to not limit you. Thank you for your word admonishing me, encouraging me to trust completely in your love for me. Thank you, O oh God, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you, O oh God, because... Your word will never fail. Every good promise you've made to me this year, it will come true. I give you all the glory. There is none like you, blessed Redeemer. For in Jesus' mighty name, we're afraid. Amen. Quickly, I want to give somebody an opportunity um, before we end this. If you're here, you know, you've heard me talk about God's love. Um, God, God's love is powerful. Um, God's love is unconditional. Um, you know, many, many, many years ago, right, I find myself... You know, whereby, you know, I, I was in and out of church, right? But what would happen is, 
I had this, you know, picture, this standard in my head where I believe, like, you know, this is what God wants me to be, right? But I wasn't living up to it. And what would happen is, you know, I'll find myself falling short of God's expectation of me, and, you know, I'll feel ashamed, I'll feel God is ashamed of me, I'll feel God is not happy with me, right? And, you know, I would pull further and further and further away from God. Until I finally got to understand that God's love for me will never change. It will never end. It's unconditional. God wants you to come home. If you're, if you're here, you fall into that category where you're not even sure anymore, you know, if you have a relationship with God. Or you've never at any time in your life, you know, consciously invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Everything you're trying to be, everything you're trying to achieve, all your hopes, all your dreams, all your aspirations, as we said, it is all available in Christ Jesus. Right? But what Jesus is asking is that you follow him. He says, follow me and I will make you. Right? It's only him that can make you into what he has prepared for you. The Bible says, no, it will guide you in the best pathway for your life. Right? There's a pathway for your life. It doesn't want you to go you know, from pillar to post. You know, try things out, live in frustration, live in fear. That can change by just a single decision to accept Jesus into your life. Or if you've done it before, but you know, you've, you've, you've bought the lie of the devil. And there's nothing to be ashamed of having that. Right? And you've heard it today. God loves you. It's never going to change. I want to invite you. Um, just put your hand on your chest and we can say a word of prayer together. And you can come back home. You can come back to God. God, you are the most valuable person on the face of the earth to God. And he wants to have that relationship with you. So let's pray together. Ignite Church. And let's join our brothers and sisters and encourage them. Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for me. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, give me the grace to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, congratulations. You're welcome to God's family. Yes, let's celebrate them. There's actually joy in heaven right now. That's how much God wants to have that relationship with you. Um, and I would just want to, you know, just one more thing, just send text, um, just text save to this number on the screen. If you're here in person, you will see um, some ushers um, around, um, just, you know, signal to them. Um, they will give you a package. Um, you know, it's, it's free of charge, no obligation. We just want to get, help you get started in this journey. Um, this is a day you remember for the rest of your life. And we are very happy that you made this decision. Um, you will not regret it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's say a word of prayer quickly. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you have done in our lives. Thank you, O God, Heavenly Father, because you are the Almighty God. Thank you because when you speak, it is done. You are not a man that you should lie or a son of man that you should repent. Thank you, O God, because none of all the good promises you've made to us this year 
will go without coming to pass. Lord, we pray even as we go into this week, we pray that your favor will rest upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, that we will find favor with men, we will find favor with institutions. Even the doors that we have knocked on in time past that did not open to us, this week it will open in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, oh God, that as we read, as we study your word, Lord, we ask, Lord, that there will be light, oh God, that you know you will flood our hearts with light in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will help us to grow in the knowledge of you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you the praise forevermore. For in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's give God a shout of praise.